Yes, your boy Crypto Blood, and welcome to another Kicking It session. Today, I've got the CEO, founder of Zank. I know you guys probably heard one of the pre rolls in one of my my two satoshi videos regarding zank it is a stable coin but it is a very unique one free floating stable coin has many features to it and i want to talk to the founder kim ru young excited about this actually because it's a very unique project and i think it has uh the potential to really change how we view stable coins mr kim how are you oh fine thank you um thank you for this opportunity Absolutely, absolutely. So, Mr. Kim, kind of tell me uh, a little bit about yourself. That's why I would usually, t you know, start the kicking in sessions and just give the audience a little bit about your background. Are you a technical individual? Uh, I know you're the founder of this uh, great idea. Have you had other companies that, you know, you founded? And just kind of give us a, some background about yourself. Okay. Um, I was uh, born in South Korea, but. Okay. Um, my family uh, immigrated to United States when I was 14, and and uh, I landed in Cupertino, California, where you know Apple headquarters is. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I basically grew up there. Uh, okay. I, I went to schools there. Um, however, um, about when I was uh, 26, uh, I I came back to South Korea mm -hmm. uh, to start a internet business. Uh, that actually, uh, internet business went to the moon, meaning that uh, what started from a, um, a single desk uh, in my cousin's um, trading company uh, became a um, you know multi-billion-dollar uh, company. Uh, went to Kostak, uh, which is the Korean stock exchange. Okay. Uh, and and uh, that was all good. Uh, uh, for a while because you know i managed the company uh i, I guess after the coastal listing uh it went about about three more years after that and then um i mismanaged the company and the company went into a bankruptcy uh which i had a huge problem uh and and um what, how does that what... work over there you know every country has their proceedings and how they handle bankruptcies do they really like look at it very badly in in, in South Korea? Yes, that that is true. Uh, uh, and um, in, in South Korea, uh, what happens uh, to a public uh, listed company like mine was, mm -hmm. which I started from scratch, right? I started right. the company from five hundred dollars in my pocket. Wow! Uh, you know, and and it grew to be uh, a, a publicly listed company, but. If you uh, failed a publicly listed company in South Korea, that's uh, considered very bad because mm. thousands of people uh, have basically invested in your company. Yeah. And, and um, so it, uh, when I failed that company, uh, South Korean law has it that uh, even though I haven't engaged in any nefarious activities, right. I had to go to jail for two years. Okay which was uh, pretty harsh in my opinion. Uh, however, um, the problem uh, after that was even bigger because South Korea has what's called a uh, secondary tax liability law, uh, uh, which is um, if you are the largest shareholder of a company, uh, uh, then 
all of the corporate taxes would would become your own personal taxes. Wow. <laughs> and uh, what happens then is that even though I went through a $20 million uh, bankruptcy proceeding, uh, about $5 million uh, was the uh, tax portion, uh, came from the uh, corporate side. And, and uh, I couldn't erase that for um, any way possible. So uh, I couldn't make a bank account after that for 10 years because of that reason. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, I, I, I had an assumption that that was a case with many uh, countries outside of the U.S., um, you know, as you know, here in the U.S., you file bankruptcy. It's it's just like <laughs> look look at our president. He's he's filed bankruptcy like I don't know how many times. So yeah, and we actually I think personally we we should probably uh, adopt that type of maybe not as harsh as, as far as going to jail. I don't I don't know if that's but uh, at least you know put the people on the hook for uh, some of the you know the tax liabilities or something. That would be great to give people more of a. You know, because they do, they make money off of going public. They make millions and hundreds of millions of dollars from going IPO. And it and it's no, at that point, the, the company fail. I can just walk away and I'll have my severance deal and I'll, you know, leave with whatever. So that's interesting to know. So how did that lead you into, uh, you know, the last five years or when, when did you get into cryptocurrencies and, and how did you catch that bug? Yeah, so um, after that happened, um, because I couldn't make a bank account, um, I had to uh, look for some other ways of mm -hmm. um, basically making money, right? Yeah. That's what led me to Bitcoin in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, at first I was, I thought uh, Bitcoin was a complete scam uh, <laughs> because I didn't know better. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I, I had a programming background, so... Okay. Um, I, I look at their white paper and, and uh, realize that it wasn't a scam after all. And, and uh, a, as I delve more deeper into the Bitcoin, uh, I realize that it's a, it's a legit um, revolutionary, um, you know, the cryptocurrency that we all know. And, and uh, that's, that's when I got into Bitcoin. And uh, ever since, uh, uh, I re you know, I realized that... Um, um, the Bitcoin and and rest of the altcoins, uh, all cryptocurrencies have um, uh, problems in in terms of sustainability. That's sure how basically uh, you know uh, came to start a um, Zank project. Okay, good, cool, cool. So, what did you see? In uh, first, I guess my question is, what does Zank mean? I, <laughs> you know, I was thinking that when I was doing the thirty second drops. Um, what does that actually represent? What does that mean? Okay, uh, X uh, is basically uh, you can uh, X can be anything in mathematics, right? Sure, a variable, right? Uh, so uh, it's a, it's a variable, and and uh, what what uh, Zank means is that you can put anything into the bank. Um, mm. So so that's uh, we are trying to create a new bank, basically. Nice. Um, yeah, that that's why the name Zank came in. Uh, interesting interesting so what did you find that was so you've been in crypto since 15 what did you find that was wrong with the current stable coins back then we did still we had tether that was the only stable coin at that point yeah um 
what uh, what led you to believe that there there were needs for improvement with the stablecoin uh, kind of industry? Yeah, uh, so you know, um, because even though I got into Bitcoin, um, uh, you know, as as a my main source of income uh, at that time because I couldn't open a bank account. I couldn't earn a fiat money because a government would seize my account. So, um, you know, Bitcoin account was very valuable to me. Uh, I, tr I, I, I asked all of the, um, you know, consulting gigs that I, I had done at the time uh, to pay me in Bitcoin because of uh, my situation. Uh, that was great and all, but um, uh, I, re I soon realized that uh, even though there are things like Tether, um, you know, um, uh, Bitcoin wasn't really usable in terms of um, everyday currency. Sure, too volatile, so, right? Yeah, too volatile. So that's, that led me to stablecoin. And then I realized that there is a Tether, but Tether is too uh, centralized. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, however, if you really look at Tether, um, what it is, is basically uh, Tether's valuation currently is like $4 billion, but mm -hmm. um, you need to put, uh, in order to use $1 of Tether, you need to put $1 into the bank and, and uh, that should be collateralized. Uh, that means $4 billion worth of collateralization uh, should be happening uh, somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And I felt that was a huge cost to use uh, some stable currency like Tether. Uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the point that um, uh, I started working on uh, Zank project because uh, Zank is completely different in that uh, we don't try to peg our entire coin supply uh, to US dollar or some fiat value, but uh, we're, we're just uh, let let the currency flow just like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Mm -hmm. uh, so technically, we're not uh, we're not stablecoin per se. Right. But uh, what we offer is that uh, we have a special mechanism called stable pay, which is very similar to uh, if you are from a financial background, you know, FX forward contract. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I used to trade FX. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, we can we can trade if there's a two-party trading on both sides. Yes. Uh, let's say I'm trying I'm trying to send you like a thousand dollars, and let's say that the current today's price is like today's zen price is like a hundred dollars. That means uh, I need to send you ten coins, right? Mm -hmm. And when you receive it, and, and uh, it could be end of the day, end of the week, uh, it could be end of the year. Uh, when you try to cash that out at the local exchange, Zank price could go up in value or go down in value. So uh, when it went to uh, $200, for example, uh, you, would, you would need uh, only five coins to realize that $1,000. So that uh, uh, five coins automatically comes back to the Zank reserve, mm -hmm. which is created from a uh, coin emission, a portion of coin emission so that it's completely decentralized and self-funded. And, and uh, when opposite happens, uh, you know, it does the opposite thing so that uh, if price fell to $50, uh, uh, you would need 10 more coins to realize that $1,000. So, uh, you know, Zank Reserve will give your wallet a, a 10 more coins so that uh, you can realize that 
thousand uh, dollars at at the end of the transaction period. Right, right. So yeah, I want to definitely get into the details of the tokenomics and and how everything works. But you know, I just want to say you're probably, uh, and and this is you're the first guest I've had on my channel that had a real world need for Bitcoin. Like that is, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, and that's what we need to see more people and more stories about individuals where you couldn't use a bank account. So right. you relied on this technology to basically make a living for yourself. And that's just, I mean, we gotta, you know, I think we have to really highlight these types of stories because it's very important. I think many people focus so much on the price of Bitcoin, is it going to a hundred thousand? It's going back to twenty thousand. Instead of working and 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 embracing and highlighting the utility of these types of cryptocurrencies and this technology and blockchain. So I just I just want to say to my audience, this is like an awesome story. I've never had anyone on that uh, has told that story. So that's great, man. I think that's awesome. So yeah, um, it really ahead. is because. Um, um, you know they're, uh, you know, they they are saying that there are about 1.7 billion people out there unbanked in the world. Yeah. And I'm saying that uh, there are there are few people in developed world like uh, South Korea, uh, just like me. I mean, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who failed in in their um, businesses, right? And yes. then they will need this type of solution uh, for yeah. everyday. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That That is amazing. So tell me um, one thing that really caught my attention uh, was the buzzword SDRs. I saw that. I'm like, wow. So kind of explain to us the three aspects of the coin. As you stated, it's really, you know, in the title, I have stable coin, but it's really more than a stable coin. It's, that's right. it's yeah. That's right. So kind of explain the unpegged nature of it. The, this is a single coin and also the independence of it. Sure. Um, so uh, the reason that we are using IMF SDR as the uh, stable uh, value benchmark sort of mm -hmm. uh, is because, um, uh, you know, IMF SDR is uh, a basket of five different world's uh, major currencies, US Correct. dollar, uh, Euro, Japanese yen, Chinese yuan, and British pound, right? So. Mm -hmm. Basically, we feel that uh, SDR is much more stable than any uh, fiat currency alone, like UX dollar. So um, what we uh, use is that um, in order to in order to pack, in order to have some kind of fiat denomination in terms of uh, stable transaction, is that um, you know, for example, US dollar, we can do that or Korean one, we can do uh, use that as a stable value because uh, uh, those currencies are, is, is are stable. But, yeah. but there are countries uh, like, uh, you know, uh, Venezuela or Ar Argentina or Brazil, the cur currencies Turkey. are stable, right? <laughs> Turkey lira. So in order for those countries to have stable uh, transactions, we will need uh, some, some other benchmark that's why we are using uh, IMF SDR as the main benchmark. But for those developed countries like South Korea or United States, 
uh, we can also use uh, you know U.S. dollars or uh, Korean won to uh, stabilize the transactions. So um, I do, I want to talk about um, this the more uh, technical side of things and and okay. the the coin mining and and such. Kind of explain. I thought this was pretty neat. Um, you you guys talk about this consensus algorithm and you're calling it Avalanche. Could you give us some details on this? Uh, I thought this was pretty neat. Yeah. And how um, it's different than than other consensus consensus algorithms. Yeah, Avalanche um, protocol wasn't uh, uh, originally developed by us. It was uh, put out by a uh, uh, team uh, anonymous team named uh, Team Rocket. Okay. And, and and uh, we are we have since adopted it because we believe that's the um, one of the um, key components we would need in order to make uh, our cryptocurrency scalable. Mm -hmm. Meaning that uh, 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 if you want to engage in a everyday transaction like pay for coffees or you know everyday um, pay for bus fees or tax fees or whatever. Uh, you would need a much faster transaction time than what Bitcoin uh, is allowing you to do, right? Uh, Bitcoin takes anywhere between 10 minutes to 60 minutes uh, in order to complete a transaction uh, because they got 10 minute block time and, and, and um, you know, you would need multiple uh, block confirmations in order to uh, complete a transaction. Um, so um, the reason we gravitate towards a, a Avalanche uh, protocol is it's a basically a third generation, we feel, uh, uh, consensus protocol, uh, meaning that the uh, first uh, generation was the classical consensus where uh, I, I, I you know, sometimes uh, refer to that as a democracy model of consensus where every right. uh, node is kind of um, as they say. But uh, since, uh, because of Bitcoin, we since then we have moved to uh, uh, Nakamoto consensus, which is uh, used by Bitcoin and other uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, I I think that's um, to me that that's more like a autocracy uh, model where you basically select one uh, miner to make the decision, right? So. Um, However, uh, this avalanche uh, protocol is more like a meritocracy uh, uh, consensus where uh, basically you are, um, every node is having a say, but uh, you are doing in, in a much smaller sample size uh, at the same time uh, repeatedly so that uh, it comes to a consensus much faster. It's much more scalable. Uh, if you look at, um, you know, transaction per second, uh, uh, yeah, I was just going to say that I hadn't heard you say this yet. I guess you were going to get to, it and I kind of cut you off, but guys, listen, avalanche, if we compare it to even Ethereum is doing 15 Bitcoin seven, uh, we've got visa. If you want to take that to compare it, something more real world, 2000 yeah. transactions per second. But guess what? Aval Avalanche can do 6,500 transactions per second. <laughs> yeah. that, that that to me is uh, pretty incredible, and, and it is. Uh, many many of the uh, many of the cryptocurrencies are trying to find out more about Avalanche protocol because it's so uh, revolutionary. I think uh, in terms of scalability uh, aspect, so that's why we are uh, we have opted to use that. Um, mm. 
when we started Zen Project, we, you know, Avalanche wasn't available. Um, okay. um, so uh, we uh, were looking at uh, various other protocols and uh, one of the profound uh, protocol that we found we have uh, started working on was the Dash protocol. Uh, yeah. The reason for that was because um, uh, I, I thought that uh, Bitcoin's uh, main problem was that um, uh, they're giving a block reward. Uh, you know, right now their emission, Bitcoin emission rate is like 12.5 Bitcoin uh, for every 10 minutes, right? But yeah. the, they're giving 100% of that to um, uh, miners. Uh, only, but if you think about the um, uh, you know incentive uh, uh, structure for the network such as Bitcoin, it's uh, it's more than miners. They got full nodes, they got developers, but full nodes and developers are getting zero in incentives uh, in in a Bitcoin network. I th I thought that was the main problem for Bitcoin system sustainability. Um, that's why uh, uh, initially I really liked uh, Dash model where uh, they have created a secondary tier uh, with masternode uh, network and then uh, masternode would get something like 45% of the block reward and then and then uh, miners would get 45% and then they would have self-funding treasury system getting 10%. So. I thought that was much more um, sustainable model uh, in terms of uh, distributing incentives uh, in the emission uh, level because uh, in order to do a um, decentralized cryptocurrency, uh, that is kind of very important aspect of that. Absolutely. And yeah. so explain to us the, so we have the stable aspect of Zank, yeah. right? You can peg it in, transa in transit, if I'm sending you X amount, as you talked about, right. it'll stay at that rate once it gets to you. Um, what What's the nature of Zank unpegged? So is it is it close to uh, just the SDR? Is is that what it is, or does it fluctuate higher than the no. than the average of the SDR? It, it will be just like uh, any other uh, fluctuating cryptocurrency, like okay. or uh, Ethereum. Because uh, okay. we are just letting it flow, free flow, like um, any other cryptocurrency. So as okay. more people use uh, Zank uh, uh, coins, I, I guess uh, uh, the valuation would go up. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. So you wouldn't need a, a stable coin anymore. It would just be you use Zank. Uh, you can hold it for a speculation, you know, a yeah. speculative aspect. And then when you want to actually send it to someone, Yep. Or at a point of sale, you're at a you know commerce, brick and mortar, or e-commerce. There'll there'll be a protocol at the point of sale where it'll just stabilize at that point, right? Yeah, that's that's very important point because um, uh, if you look at even the national currencies, right? Yes. Uh, uh, all all of the national currencies like South Korean won. Uh, at one point, uh, we tried to peg our currency to U.S. dollar. Um, however. Uh, it's hard to all, keep that peg. Yeah, it's it's very hard to keep that peg, and it all broke break down at po certain point. And yep. all of the um, you know Chinese yuan did the same thing. Uh, British yep. pound had the same Swiss, thing. Swiss so, with the euro. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And and so I I don't think uh, trying to um, peg your entire coin supply 
to some fiat value could ever work uh, uh, in terms of uh, if you think longevity, right? Yes. So uh, it will all break down in the future. That's, that's what we uh, believe will happen. That's why we don't want to peg our entire coin supply to anything. However, uh, we still want to have some stable value transactions. Otherwise, uh, this cryptocurrency transactions will could be never uh, never could be a um, everyday transaction mechanism. Right. Uh, so that was very important. That's why we have created this uh, uh, new cryptocurrency that is free floating, just like Bitcoin. However, uh, we would have a stable transaction mechanism so that people when do uh, when they do uh, transact with each other, they would have some kind of mechanism to do that. Yeah. Great, great. So uh, tell us a little bit about partnerships. I know you guys just got back from a blockchain event, uh, I think a week or so ago. Uh, Ryan said it was uh, you guys had a great time out there and made some connections and such. Uh, what's going on on the on the B2B side? With, on with the Zank? B2B side, um, um, actually, that's that's a good question because um, uh, I think we are the first cryptocurrency uh, to have a dedicated portion of our coin emission, in mm -hmm. fact, about 35% mm -hmm. to what's called redeemers. Okay. And, and uh, that's very important uh, uh, aspect of our uh, cryptocurrency because it's, it's kind of our onboarding uh, uh, mechanism uh, from a fiat currency to cryptocurrency because end of the day, what we want to uh, create is something that you can use every day uh, just like fiat, fiat currency. And, and uh, right now, if you look at the entire um, uh, currency world, it's like, uh, uh, you know, cryptocurrency is only like one, uh, one thousandth of uh, uh, fiat, fiat currency. And, and you need to have some kind of gateway between the two uh, mm -hmm. in order to uh, tr uh, transfer over the people from uh, fiat currency to uh, engage in cryptocurrency. And we believe that um, one of the um, uh, uh, great um, uh, point that, that uh, we can work on is the, uh, you know, mileage, airline mileage holders or- Okay, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Loyalty point holders. Yeah. Uh, that accounts for like uh, $350 billion worth of uh, mileages and loyalty point holders are out there uh, today. Yeah, globally. Uh, so what we do is 35% uh, of our coin emissions would go to uh, those people who are the mileage holders or loyalty point holders. Uh, they can uh, uh, they can basically exchange their mileage point, which is kind of unusable uh, outside of their e ecosystem, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, into a Zank uh, tokens or coins. So that um, uh, you know they're happy because they can uh, uh, they can go to local exchanges and get cash from those uh, loyalty points, and then what we can do uh, after that is that uh, we would take those mileages and loyalty points that we approved from the customers, uh, and then give uh, give those to. Um, uh, merchants who has uh, issued those mileages and loyalty points, and then uh, we can uh, effectively write 
off the liabilities associated with the, the loyalty points for them um, mm -hmm. because um, uh, you know for example a single airline in South Korea uh, has about two more than two billion dollars of uh, mileage uh, liabilities on their books right now right. Um, so um, that's kind of huge deal to uh, some of our you know, merchant customers so we are actually talking to various um, uh, companies um, about about doing this so that uh, basically uh, we are going to be happy end of that deal because uh, those merchants big uh, merchants can uh, receive all the uh, Zen coins uh, in in their payment terminals after this transaction so um, you know it will be like a triple win for consumers merchants mm -hmm. and and Zen as a network as a whole yeah interesting interesting so are you guys talking currently with any any uh air airline businesses yeah we cannot we cannot say specifically okay, gotcha. with companies but uh, you know sure sure we are talking to uh, airline companies we are talking to some of the biggest merchants in south korea uh, we are we are talking to uh, various uh, you know institutions uh, about this type of um, some kind of uh, loyalty points they uh, they have created, but it's not really usable outside of their ecosystem. But uh, when they convert that into a cryptocurrency, you know it's much more usable. Uh, you can cash it out uh, fast, and then you can, uh, especially with stable pay functionality, uh, I think they can uh, use that sim very similar to cash. So it will be very usable on on day to day basis. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Facebook needs to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> that'll solve their problem really quickly but you know they want to have full control over everything and so but yes, this is great technology i'm most excited about a avalanche that that algorithm that that really sounds to me that's what i'm taking away from this you guys let me let you know let us know in the in the comments below what you like about zank but i'm so excited about just the scalability and speed and throughput that Avalanche allows, uh, I think that's going to be something that uh, really shows it can be a real-world use case for uh, cryptocurrency slash stablecoin. Yeah, I think I think um, you know stability, price stability, and and the scalabilities are two of the most important aspects. Uh, I I call them uh, uh, four pillars. Uh, in that, uh, you know, stability and, and uh, scalability is very important. But uh, uh, I also believe that uh, privacy uh, and the decentralization is also very important uh, in terms of um, making uh, Zank into a cryptocurrency that uh, everybody can use. In order to do that, uh, I believe that, uh, you know, uh, even with the scalability and st stability, uh, you, you cannot really send something like uh, salaries to your employees uh, using uh, cryptocurrency. If, uh, if it's on a, a public blockchain and it's going to be uh, revealed to the public, uh, you know, it's not really usable case in that scenario. So uh, I believe that uh, in order for a cryptocurrency to be mass adopted, uh, it has to have some kind of um, privacy functionality built in, and that's what uh, Zank has. Zank uh, has um, a, a privacy functionality where it, it's not mandatory like uh, 
you know, something like Monero or, or uh, Zcash, uh, but it's an optional on-demand uh, privacy uh, you can you can uh, use in in a in a per transaction basis so that you would uh, be able to do those types of transactions uh, uh, as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So where are we with the roadmap? Um, I, I was looking at your website. Is the ERC ERC twenty token available currently, or is that something in the making? It's uh it's currently available uh, uh for private sales at this okay. time. Okay. So so people are uh, buying uh at at the private sale level. Um, uh, we hope to uh we hope to do a um you know some kind of public sale in the future after we uh reach our soft cap. Um, okay. uh, so that's that's coming. Um. And then your main main net will be launching in 2020. Is that still on track for that? Yes, yes, it is on track for that. We're we're uh, at at the same time we're busy developing the uh, this thing so that uh, it will be on track for that. Excellent, excellent. Well, any last words, Mr. Kim? Uh, again, I think a great idea, a great project. I really hope you guys do succeed because, I, I, again, I think this is uh, the next. This is like we talk about blockchain 2.0, 3.0. This is like stablecoin 2.0, you know, or 3.0. Yeah. yeah, thank you for saying that. I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, like I said, four pillars of uh, any new cryptocurrency, not just stablecoin, but uh, would be the price stability and right. then the and privacy and decentralization, uh, because if you if um, uh, you know if if you look at all of the coins out there today, uh, I don't think I can honestly say I can use that for my my everyday use cases. Uh, right. And and uh, if you really think about these aspects of um, uh, four pillars, uh, you know, fiat money has. Uh, you know, price stability. Uh, it has scalability. It has privacy as well. I mean, you can you can grab a bunch of cash into a bag and then you can carry that to someone, right? So it has privacy as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, can you name any any um, coin out there, cryptocurrency that that can say they all of those three plus decentralization? Yeah, the decentralization part is for sure not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and probably not. So. What we are trying to do is try to uh, bring to the world a, a mm -hmm. cryptocurrency that can uh, that can be better uh, cryptocurrency than fiat money is right. what we are trying to create. And then in order to do that, we really need to um, uh, hit all those points uh, in order to create that. And we hope that we can we can be the one that who brings that kind of cryptocurrency to the table. Uh, Mr. Kim Ru Young, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Thank no you, <laughs> thank you for coming on today for a kicking it session. The next evolution in stable coins is really bigger than the stable coin. This thing encompasses, as Mr. Kim talked about, three pillars um, that is just going to wrap all this into a very powerful cryptocurrency to use in the future in commerce and uh, as, a, as a store of uh, stability as well so guys visit zank.io that's x-a-n-k.io for more details on this great project 
and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with them in 2020 as they roll out the actual coin. It's your boy Crypto Blood. Again, thanks for kicking it with us. We're out of here, people. <laughs>